millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Andy returned to the studio, shocked us all when he rocked up today in the office but uh, here he was and uh, we spoke to our old mate Max Rushton as uh, grassroots football returned Max is still turning out despite his advancing years uh, we also spoke to a professor on the subject of competitive eating and what the limits of the best of the best in that particular field can expect to do I say it kind of works as you'll discover um, Martin Kellner joined us as well with a weaker sport on TV as did Mike Ward looking at the non-sporting stuff and was very entertaining so, um, sorry, it's a bit of a hubbub in the office. But here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy, and uh, good to see you again. We haven't yeah. seen each other in the flesh, only via house party for about four months. I know, really? you look basically the same. <laughs> yeah, you're just, your beard's got whiter, as I, I said. You've stopped, you've stopped dyeing it. <laughs> yeah. And your mask of choice, Andy, yeah. is not the kind of normal little face covering, but it's, it looks like a kind of Formula One hood yeah. that uh, comes up over half of your face. It's, it's called the virus shield. Okay. Especially treated with uh, something to keep... You've got two of them. Why are you wearing two of them? Well, I'd like to be sure. Blimey. (laughs) Look, these are baby steps for me. I haven't been out for three months. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, have you not been out at all, really? Only doing the shopping, really, yeah. Okay. And local cricket club when it opened up a bit and that sort of thing, yeah. Well, you were standing outside and everything, were you? Yeah, no, no, it's outside. So it's outdoors, yeah. So that's not too bad, Mm, is it? So So it was good. So, yeah, so it's it's good to be back. But I I was watching the football last night Mm. and uh, what a typical performance by a team that's just beaten Chelsea, Sheffield United. (laughs) They were were even half as good as they were on Saturday. It drives you mad. They had a bad night, didn't they? God, they they were poor. Chris Wilder tore into them. They were were well off the pace Mm. on Saturday and well played to Leicester, but I've worked out. You were talking yesterday about Austria versus West, West Germany. Germany. Oh yeah, well, to tonight's it game. could happen, couldn't it? But it's top. even more. I've worked it all out. It I'm sure you have with your paranoid theories. Well, if Chelsea lose at Liverpool, yeah, and Leicester beat Tottenham, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and United beat—I can't remember who they've got left—but if they win their other game, <laughs> that will mean that when they go into the last games, yeah. even if Chelsea beat Wolves, if United and Leicester draw. They will both qualify. Mm. Everybody will finish on 66, and they will both qualify for... So they could have well, yeah, they could have a carve-up. They could yeah. basically just... I'm tap, not saying they would, tap, but they I'm certainly sure can. they wouldn't. They, but, but there's a scenario they, where they draw and basically Chelsea finish fifth. So. If it was one all with 20 minutes left and they both just started tapping it around at the back yeah. and putting no... Pro- would you be annoyed? No. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't because... You wouldn't. You, you'd, well, wouldn't you expect your own team to do that? That's exactly what they're going to do, isn't it? That's. I mean, that's what you would do. 
because they'd be think to themselves, you know, the only thing I is... I don't think you, they would, Andy. I don't think teams would do that. Well, Maybe at the back of the... I don't think, I don't think the two teams would deliberately carve it up, would they? I mean... I don't think you do it deliberately. I think the, the integrity point. of the league and all that, and your team yeah, and yourself. Yeah, but I just think psychologically you're thinking to yourself... Let's well, not take any chances. Yeah, you know, 1-1, one, one, we're, we're, we've got the Champions League spot, and Leicester are thinking, yeah, 1-1, one, one, we've got the Champions League spot. What we need, and this is a real irony about this, it's another mm. Leicester-Chelsea-Spurs triangle. Mm. Because if Spurs can take points off Leicester... Yeah. Then obviously that uh, that will make a difference. Looking at Leicester last night, I'm not quite so sure because um, they did look like a bit more yeah. like the Leicester old and and the players they brought in. Last good to night. see Wes Morgan and, and young Luke Thomas. You can see what they, a good they, player they he is. Definitely yeah. let Chilwell go. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that, that was good. I thought United were a bit lucky though. I mean, they deserved to win, but they. <laughs> offside was so close, wasn't yeah. it? Just a, a the toe, was, and, and it, I thought it was a penalty. They weren't, it? yeah, I did. I didn't think they were the most clear cut. Um, certainly, the penalty wasn't. But you have to ask yourself, what is VAR there for? Is it there to help the ref get the decision right, or is it there to overrule him uh, or to rubber stamp his decision? Because why wouldn't you, if you were the if you were the fourth official there? Because there's got to be a bit of amb- ambiguity in that decision. Graham Scott makes that call. Uh, on the hoof, uh, but why doesn't Simon Hooper as a VAR say? You might want to have another look, Graham. It's it's a it's a, if he won that, it might not. It might, have another look at it. Go and have a look at it. Mm. You're in control of your own destiny. You're the referee. It doesn't take that long. They'll have so to go ne- and check next it. Season they have and to. then if you look at it and say, no, I stick by my decision. That's what I'm. I'm I saw. I'm fine with it. If not. Change it. And it, it was a difficult one to call, wasn't it? It wasn't a clear cut pen. No, definitely. But, you know. Oh, well, you know, that's the way it is. But uh, so you, it'll, it'll, it's going to go down to the last day. It'll be quite exciting. I mean, obviously, if Chelsea were to get a point at Liverpool and beat Wolves, then they'll be fine. But yeah. That's, but the uh, thing is, you, you know, you can't moan about what happens on the last day, even if it is a bit of a subliminal carve up by those two. No. You know, you didn't lose it on the last day. You didn't not qualify no. for the Champions Dropping League. Dropping six lost points over a to West Ham doesn't help. <laughs> no, it probably does have a bearing on it. <laughs> it yeah. definitely does. And I see that uh, in the uh, Sun today that Megan's dog doesn't like Prince Harry. Yeah, I'm with the dog. <laughs> really? <laughs> Probably doesn't like being <clears throat> lectured about global warming. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see, Joffre Archer's dog. That wouldn't be good, would it? I mean, has that ever happened to any of the listeners? Can I just ask the listeners about that? Uh, the well, if you if you've got a dog, and oh. maybe you get you get together with somebody, and and uh, you and you move in with them, or they mm. move in with you, and of course they bring their dog, maybe a new relationship or something like that. Yeah. And the dog comes in every time you try and sit on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be difficult, wouldn't it? It's a very good impersonation. You, you <laughs> so you just kind of sidle up. It's a new relationship, so you're just settling down to watch Netflix, and you uh, you kind of sit down. <laughs> it wouldn't be good. I've got some pedigree chum out there for a minute. <laughs> well, my nose is quite wet. Whenever I do that, I just I find that. But um, yeah. has that ever happened to you? Is it a, 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 because it must be difficult? What's he going to do, Harry? Every time he sort of goes no, in, no, no, she's, she's left the dog at home. In I'm quite Canada. enjoying doing that now, actually. <laughs> Just, it's, bit, it's quite fun. <laughs> and this niche letter to the sun today. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> when will football clubs learn? Well, it's often a time-honoured complaint. <clears throat> After all their financial problems, Bolton Wanderers think it's a good <clears throat> idea to play Owen Doyle big money to play in League Two. You're thinking... I didn't know about that story. <laughs> well, it's big news, isn't it? Is it? It's big news around that way. It. Oh, I clearly. suppose it is, but yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't read it myself. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Grassroots football can return. It looks like uh, next weekend, which is uh, a joy 
to our uh, next guest. Let's get his pen pick up. I've got all the details I need. He <laughs> is the captain of, of Polytechnic Fours in the Southern Amateur League Intermediate Division Four. Oh, the magic of. It is indeed our own Max Rushton. Good afternoon, Max. Yeah, hi, chaps. And, you know, the, the real key is I do all the admin. So that's how I still get in the team. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't do the admin, my knees are not good enough for this level of football. Has anybody ever mentioned the word vets to you? They said, Dear Max, have you, the vets the vets need somebody to make up the number. You play well for the vets, Max. Maybe you want to stay in the vets. Has that been going on? <laughs> I mean, but the whole squad have told me that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can see the sort of the sadness when I, we do rolling substitutions now, the sadness when I bring myself back on in centre midfield <laughs> and the guy next to me. And I spend a lot of time saying, you can make it. You can make it, George. You can. It's, it's good that you've come to me today because obviously, as everybody knows, they were reporting on it on breakfast this morning. It was the AGM of the politics technique last night the first ever virtual Mm. uh, AGM and there are some really big decisions made Keith is going to get the sock tape in he's going to get a job lot of sock tape Ollie is becoming (laughs) the fixture secretary and the big controversy was the the first team want the railway pitch lengthened because of the football they play but no one else does because we don't want to run any more than we already do um, and they're they're all true by the way I didn't make any of them up that's the kind of minutiae this sort of Mm. stuff that means nothing to anybody else apart from you and your team this is the lifeblood of Sunday football isn't it it is. And, and, and I talk about it a lot. And, and the message board that I know is in front of you, which is a lovely place sometimes, you know, some people get very bored of it. But there are genuinely like hundreds of thousands of people who live to to play amateur football. And I've said it a lot. I prefer playing to watching. I want to keep playing until I absolutely can't. And and over time, I've played for this team for 17 years now and this is the team that keeps me awake at night you know this is if I miss a terrible you know miss a chance or if someone else does or if I if I've got 15 available on a Friday and I'm desperate for one to drop out because I don't want to let anyone down but I know I'll have three dropping out like like it, it has changed my love of football has changed I think it does to a lot of people and 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 I love this team massively and and it's been I think difficult for amateur footballers to see other things open up. And it was the same with cricket, wasn't it? When can we go and when can we go and do it? And and talking about pre-season and doing it in bubbles and stuff. I mean, I can't wait to to just get out and get outrun by someone half my age who's twice as fast <laughs> as me that I can't even foul anymore. <laughs> Have you heard from the other players? Sort of, is there a sort of feeling within the club that we all want to come back? Because often one of the toughest things you have to do is to find 11 players every week, isn't it? I absolutely am always recruiting. My phone number is 07. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I found a few people on Twitter actually talking about it. And, and you know, you're right. Trying to get enough people every week. And, you know, WhatsApp has changed it. The younger generation might drop out on a Saturday morning. I, I fear picking my phone up on a Saturday morning to see how many people have dropped out. And if I'm not concentrating on the warm-up on Saturday, it's because I'm trying to find a left back uh, for two hours later. Um, but yeah, there is a real, there's a real hunger, I think, for anyone who plays any sort of team sport and who loves the team sport and, and loves every part of it. You know, what happens on the pitch is a small part of it. It's, you know, it's the social element, of course, and, and, and all those kind of things. I think we're absolutely desperate. Although I did go for, I went for a run and I rolled my ankle on a very flat piece of pavement. It doesn't bode well. <laughs> it doesn't bode well. It's not good. The, uh, the, the protocols, of course, uh, you'll have to follow. And I take it that will be much the same as we've seen with cricket, you know, not using the uh, dressing rooms, getting changed in the car, not having a shower. I mean, if, if for those that do have a clubhouse, there might be a way that somebody can just pass beers through a window and you don't open the place and everybody has an alfresco pint after the game. But look, it's, it's going to be a different world, but at least it's back. 
it is going to be a different world. Although I'd say enough of my squad uh, arrive so late that they get the message going, the kit is out by the pitch. Where are you? <laughs> you know, that it'll, for, for the punctual ones, this might change things. And also there's, there's always one or two players in every squad who never stay for a beer and who never shower. And we're always suspicious of them. But the rules with amateur football, as you well know, are if you're really good, no one cares if you arrive one minute before the game and no one cares if you stay afterwards. It's the sort of cloggers like me that have to be on time and have to stay for three beers afterwards. The rest of them, you know, if you're really good, none of that matters. It will be different. But like, I think, you know, we'll yeah. accommodate. Everyone will accommodate because we, we just want to kick a ball about. I even bought, I was on Instagram and, I, you know, it's strange when it shows you things that you must have been talking about. Mm. I kept getting adverts for this Velcro <clears throat> thing, right? You tie mm. around your waist and then you can kick a ball to yourself. But like you kick it and it bounces back on like a bungee rope. Yeah. So I bought one of these <laughs> and went to the park on my own. Oh, <laughs> it's like total, it. what a tragedy. Did case, somebody film right? it? I hope they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I was listening to you lot one afternoon when oh, I was just wow. kicking a ball to myself. It was a wonderful, <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan of the show. So it was, oh, it's it was very lovely. Uh, no, no, it's, an, it's lovely to hear you back together again. Oh, yes, Andy, studio, Andy's in although, the studio. You can tell, probably PPE'd up. What's the what's the least number of players to turn up for you? Have you ever sort of had oh. sort of eight eight aside and that sort of thing? Uh, sometimes, I mean, the, the 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 greatest story from our club is before we had rolling substitutes, which has really changed actually, because you know sometimes you go a long way and only get twenty minutes, and that would be disappointing. There was a guy called Hunter who uh, we arrived and we had eight mm. men, and he was there. But my skipper didn't want to start him, so we started with eight and him wow. on the bench and three coming in a car. And that was the sign when he realised maybe I should drop down to the sixes. Yeah, the poor man. <laughs> um, Cole Athletic have been in touch. They say yeah. we played Max last season. Oh, they were quite good. Changed the game when he came on. We were struggling till that point. Fair play to him. <laughs> <laughs> People like him are the lifeblood of grassroots football. <laughs> That's fighting talk, Max. I think the friendly against Cole oh, in the first couple of no, weeks. No, no, they were they were really they like moved. They part like if I pass <laughs> like it and moved. it's good. I stood. I you know if I play a good pass, I stand back <laughs> and, admire, and it. admire it. You know, mm. I'm not there to I'm not there for the second ball. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, they were they were a lot better than us. Good stuff. So you, you and Charlie back tomorrow morning, I take it? I hope so. I mean, you never know, but like <laughs> we've been yeah. playing well and fingers crossed we get the call tonight. And uh, yes, uh, nine till 12, an extra hour tomorrow. Ooh, Excellent. Good. Okay, cheers, Max. Thanks very much. No worries. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Is there anything else you've noticed, Andy? Uh, yeah, I noticed I was, this went by fairly unnoticed. You see Simon Cowell's left Psycho. Yes, yeah, so I did see that. To yeah. concentrate on the sort of entertainment side of things. And Dan Wooten, write, writing in The Sun today, thanking him for uh, all the music. You know, One Direction, of course, were a phenomenon. But he says, uh, Leona Lewis, Shane Ward, Susan Boyle, Little Mix, and my girl, Honey G. <laughs> really? <laughs> God. Thank you. Honey Thank to the G to the G to the honey. She was sensational. She yeah, was. yeah, that's right. Thank the you for the music. The world's worst rapper, basically. <laughs> but there you go. Rylan, of course. Rylan, oh, oh, yeah. Well, he's become, trained on, isn't he? Well, he's become a big in the star style of in Bob's the... Worth, clearly. <laughs> not, not that I'm suggesting at all. That, all those teeth. No, I'm only kidding, Rylan. He's, he's become. Are you, are you very a fan good. of Pepper Army? You like a Pepper Army? Uh, I don't mind a Pepper. I don't eat a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've, I, I, if there's one thrust in front of me, which is quite a troubling mm. thing to happen, I would eat it probably. Yeah. Because now you can Pepper Army fans can pick up an 18 karat gold case <laughs> for their favourite snack for a whopping 1,500 quid. The spokesman said the refillable locket and chain on sale from today has been created to honour superfans of the salami stick. A solid gold pepper army case. <laughs>
That's nice. definitely not game one. Couldn't you just use like a cigar case and maybe just bite a bit off the end? <laughs> That'd be a fair idea. That would work, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it sounds like definitely. a winner. Anyway, do you want a bit of striker? Oh, yes, please. And where, where are we with striker? Let's episode see. Episode 78. Episode 78, for goodness sake. On it goes. It's nearly there, though. I think there's only a couple of couple of episodes left. This is uh, one of the three books that Steve Bruce, I'm sure you know this by now, wrote back in the late 90s. We've been serialising it throughout lockdown and we thought we would see it through to the bitter end and uh, we're, we're nearly there. So, um, if you're hearing this for the first time, you think, oh, I've missed 78 episodes. <laughs> I, I must listen to this one. They are on the H&J Daily podcast, <laughs> but that would, I mean, you really have got to be into it to do that, I would think, to go Definitely. back all those months. So anyway, it's yeah. a promotion six-pointer taking place between uh, Letters for Town and Fulton. It's finally kicked off after... What do you a, think the score will be? Should we, should we, go, should we go for a score? Um, oh, I think, well, I'm as Steve's the hero, I think Letters Eddisford are going to win and get promoted. They'll win 1-0, a very nervy 1-0. What do you fancy? I, I agree with you. 1-0 late goal from uh, that kid that they brought in. Oh Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, His name I can't remember, I can't but remember he'll probably that. repeat now. But Leddersford <laughs> manager Steve Barnes has just run down the tunnel and into the dressing room after being alerted by his agent that assistant uh, manager Eddie Carberry has gone AWOL. Oh, no. I went straight to the dressing room. I found Jimmy Lawson sitting there. Why aren't you watching the match? I asked, looking round as I spoke. He gave me a stare of pure hatred. I looked down at his leg. Did he still have a knife there? I needed to be careful. I turned. Wait! He commanded. I turned. Lawson had the knife in his hand. Put it away, Jimmy. I said as calmly as I could. I started to walk toward him. Keep back! He warned. I shook my head, more in sorrow than anger. I know you didn't kill Pat Duffy, I know that, I said, soothingly. I reached and grasped his wrist, I levered the knife from his grasp. At the moment I was holding the knife, Bill Brown rushed in, followed closely by Chief Inspector Shannon and other police officers. Jimmy was led away, he was close to weeping, his whole world was about to fall apart. I have an escort, Shannon said, a marksman. Taylor? A police marksman dressed in full protective gear and armed with a rifle stepped into the dressing room. Shannon offered me the use of a bulletproof vest. I'm going to change into my tracksuit, I said. I always do. Put the vest under the tracksuit top, Shannon advised. I looked round the dressing room. The cricket bag was not there. That confirmed my suspicions. I was in grave danger. We went to the office. Shannon and Bill accompanied me. As I took off my jacket, I found the letter in the pocket. Remember that letter? It was about a hundred pages ago. The letter which Pat Duffy had received and which he had given to me on the morning of his death, which, amazingly, was only five days earlier. You don't have to go out, Shannon said. I strongly advise against it. He may not have a go, I said. My gut tells me he will, Shannon answered, and in the second half. Who's looking after the team at this point? Haven't they kicked off? <laughs> the pre-match talk isn't much good. He, at one point, Steve said that I have an escort. I thought it was a Jag 3.4 XJ. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm it like mad. I was slightly worried by that. And also, um, uh, quite a few Newcastle managers over the years have probably thought a bulletproof vest wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> he could go and get a job in South America, couldn't he, after that? He's really spinning it out, isn't he? Well, it's nearly there. It's nearly there. So, um, yeah, who did it? We'll find out. Yeah. 
My money's on um, Eddie Carberry with his um, gun in his cricket bag. Is it you? In <laughs> yeah. the, with the... I've always thought it was Eddie Carberry, right from the word they go. They should do strike a Cluedo. <laughs> Shouldn't they? Like a different game of Cluedo. <laughs> Don't you see that idea? In the dressing room with a bulletproof vest <laughs> and the gun. Fun. Yeah, I like the idea of it. Uh, now, of course, today I had to coming coming into the studio. Oh yeah, had to a full PPE. And uh, but this, I was reading about this fellow. He's got a different way of doing it. A man who wears the ultimate face mask of a shed on his head has asked people to leave him alone in the shops. The prankster who calls himself Martin Shedworth. <laughs> quite appropriate. Yeah. He's famous in Bristol for walking around with the lit up structure on his head. Have you got a picture of him? No, I haven't. There's no picture of him. He says, I want to find one. I'm not just some attention seeker. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. You do walk around with a shed on your Martin head. Martin Shedworth. <laughs> Let's have a look at him. Uh, I wouldn't imagine a shed's that good against the virus myself. Like, you sure his name's Martin Shedworth? I've looked him up. He's not... Um, Martin he's, Shedworth. Yeah, yeah he's, he, basically I've got... Uh, when I put Martin Shedworth into Google <laughs> News, I get food hygiene ratings for the Worcestershire area. <laughs> well, Martin knows a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> What paper was he in? It was in the Daily Star. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> there seems to be no no trace of Martin Shedworth. What a shame. Is it spelt like Shed and Worth? Is uh, it just yes, it's not yes, spelled any day? It would be daft yeah. if it wasn't. Really. Well, it's good that there's no paper, because he doesn't want any attention, apparently. So it's it's like the sort of PP version of Buckethead, isn't he? It's, uh, <laughs> it's, that's, it's a word. And uh, I don't know if uh, Martin Kellner's aware of this, but Mike Tyson's new TV show is called Tyson vs. Jaws, oh, yeah. Rumble on the Reef. Have you read about this? Uh, what Whatever intimidates me, I'm still up to a challenge. His next opponent will be a shark. Uh, TV bosses says, don't worry, no sharks were harmed in the making of this episode. The show launches on Discovery Channel. Well, I suppose that'd be quite interesting. Mike uh, Tyson punching a shark. Yeah, don't touch that dial. I take it back. I've got a picture of Martin Shed with Andy, and it's brilliant. Look at that. Look at that shed he's built for the top of his head. <laughs> Tremendous. It's but, like it's, but it's absolutely proper, useless as it's, a PPE it's mo- mask. He should call himself Martin Log Cabin because <laughs> that's not a shed. That's more than a shed. It looks like a little <laughs> house on the prairie. Name to Martin Log Cabin. Yeah, <laughs> going to is he really? <laughs> but uh, no, I'd, my, I'd say hats or sheds off to him. It, it's it's a really good. These look. fan walls have been a lot of fun during lockdown, post lockdown football. And yeah. I noticed I haven't meant to say this to you last week. It was a Spurs fan when Spurs got the winner against Arsenal. Yeah. Blue in the middle, he didn't celebrate at all. I couldn't work that There's out. There's a rogue gooner in there. Well, it? maybe that's maybe all. he was slightly he was buffering. <laughs> yeah. That be good. With it. Did you see there was an interloper on BT during one of the I, games? I was about to say, the less than complimentary <laughs> remark about yeah. Robbie Savage. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. he may not be invited back. And yeah, no, he was removed from the window, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think he may have been. Let's get Martin Shedworth on there or Martin Log Cabin. Let's get him in the middle of the old uh, video war. That's what we want to see. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. No wonder we couldn't find Martin Shedworth. His name's Michael Shedworth. Yeah. And he has a small flame that comes out the top of the shed as he walks around. He's asked the people of Bristol. Shem's been in touch. Thank you, Shem. He passed on the story via uh, uh, social media. And uh, Michael said, please stop bothering me as I walk around Bristol. Well, don't wear the shed. You've got a shed on yet with a small flame coming out the top of it. (laughs) People are going to want to engage you, aren't they? Of course they are. Especially this time. Not a way to keep under the radar. Anyway, we move now on to the world of competitive eating. And a couple of weeks back, we spoke to the organisers of the Nathan's world-famous hot dog... uh, Championship and Joey Chestnut did it again. Seventy-five hot dogs in ten minutes, freakish. And you do start to wonder uh, how much further can he go. Well, thankfully, we don't have to wonder anymore because uh, Professor of uh, Physiology and Biomechanics at uh, High Point University, North Carolina, Professor James Smaliga, has done the work for us. Professor Smaliga, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, good to talk to you. So we are we are big fans of the world of competitive eating and, and, and of Joey. He is, he is quite amazing. We'll come on to his athletic prowess in a moment. But you, you've crunched the numbers and you do believe you've reached the optimum level that uh, one man, even as brilliant as Joey, can reach in 10 minutes. Yes, that's correct. Uh, it looks like, based on all the historical data from the contest, it looks like uh, somewhere between 83 and 84 84- hot dogs is the most we could ever expect a human to eat have you spoken to joey during your research about just how he does it because when you look at him he's not the healthiest looking fellow but you tend to see him after he's just eaten 75 <laughs> yeah. hot dogs but he sort of that one looks great generally after that <laughs> he's quite slim isn't he very slim in fact and uh, so what's his method uh, I have not spoken to Joey personally, but looking at the way a lot of these competitive eaters train is it's like any sport. You have to be ready for what you're going to be doing during competition. So uh, all these individuals uh, train by eating a lot of food or uh, drinking a lot of food like soups and milk and stuff like that. Um, in Joey's case, Joey is clearly a hot dog specialist, so he's going to have to also train by eating a bunch of hot dogs, getting used to chewing and swallowing all those dogs. You say he has the um, consumption rate, uh, uh, which uh, a consumption rate which is higher than a grizzly bear, which I thought was quite impressive, but lower than a grey wolf. So I think somebody out there is going to put Joey versus a grey wolf together in a hot dog eating contest. I think I think that's throwing down the gauntlet to him. Uh, indeed. Uh, back in, I think it was 2007 or so, uh, competitive eater Takiro Kobayashi, mm. who was even leaner than Joey Chestnut. If you looked at Kobayashi, Kobayashi was 
very lean, very muscular. Um, he took on, uh, he went against a bear, I believe it was, and he lost. Um, but I think, uh, you know, uh, Chestnut's eating at a much higher level than Kobe. Kobayashi, no offense to Kobayashi, and uh, I think it would be an interesting matchup, uh, man versus uh, bear part two. Yeah, man versus bear versus wolf. Let's go. Well, if I was sitting next to a bear. I'm sorry, man versus bear versus wolf, yes. But if I was sitting next to a bear. I I think the wolf has a huge advantage. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Yeah, but if you put 75 hot dogs in front of a wolf, he's not going to eat them in 10 minutes. He's not going to wolf them up, is that what you're saying? (laughs) He's not going to wolf them down. (laughs) (laughs) Wolf them down, that's it. That's that's the phrase I was looking for, but I got hopelessly wrong. you spoke to other people, didn't you? Or other people were involved in this article. Crazy Legs Conti, forty-six from Massachusetts. He doesn't do hot dogs. He's he does. Into. He does. <laughs> he does buffet eating. Five point five pound in twelve minutes, and green beans two point seven pound in six minutes. Is there is there a difference eating veg- vegetables like that, as opposed to a hot dog? Uh, yeah, there definitely would be. Um, you know, hot dogs, uh, especially American hot dogs, we think about them as the most possibly processed food you can have. Um, and, you know, there's about around, uh, you know, just about around 50% water content in a hot dog. Um, when you start talking about vegetables, uh, depends what kind of vegetable, but there's going to be a lot more water. Maybe that's going to make it easier to uh, swallow or maybe some of that liquid's going to be absorbed easier in the digestive tract. But also vegetables are more fibrous, so they might require a little bit more chewing. Uh, it's really, uh, it really depends. Um, when you actually look at Joey Chestnut's performance, he could eat about twice as many hot dogs in terms of uh, total pounds uh, than he can chicken wings. So there's definitely uh, a chewing component to it. And then when you look at people trying to eat like something like chocolate that's really dry, uh, the numbers are even lower. So it really does depend, uh, you know, what you're eating. Well, Professor, good to talk to you. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a great topic. There we are, Professor James Maliga from High Point well, University, you, North you Carolina. <laughs> and if you if you want to read the full report, it's been published by the Royal Society. <laughs> if you go to royalsocietypublishing.org, uh, modelling the ma- uh, maximal active consumption rate and its plasticity in humans, perspectives from hot dog eating competitions. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's their gut capacity and plasticity. I think we've all been putting that to the test in lockdown, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, it's, it's there. The full scientific report for you to uh, enjoy. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. What a week of sport it's been. What a week. <laughs> what a week. I say it every week. I don't know why. But uh, what a week it's been of sport. And, and, and a man who's possibly watched mm. practically all of it I'd guess oh, definitely. if yeah. not all totally. of it uh, is Martin Kellner <laughs> squad number nine good afternoon Martin good afternoon who could watch all of it there's been yeah. so much <laughs> too much been. too much too all much. the time two matches on simultaneously yeah. um, now I'm suspecting you don't want me to talk about what um, I know as Clive Gate because <laughs> well, look, I, I, both, we, we haven't really talked about we, this we because both thought your tweet was we, very amusing we, but we <laughs> yeah, do feel we feel slightly it. torn because of course mm, uh, they're both uh, fine Clive. commentators yeah. they're both fine commentators both Clive and Sam and both commentate on TalkSport I've always, you know, I've always liked Clive Tilsey as a commentator <laughs> The only thing I will say about it in terms of the timing of his little video that he puts on uh, Twitter um, is to quote uh, a comedian friend of mine who said, 
Clive, mate. Clive, mate, read the room, yeah. uh, which sort of, I think, summed it up. It was just uh, probably yeah. in the current circumstances, you know, you can see, I, I absolutely uh, accept that uh, it's, uh, it's annoying, especially when he's been, you know, he's been doing good work for them for a long time. Sam's a fine commentator too, mm. and I think it's one of these things. So probably it would have been better if he'd turned to the missus and complained to her rather than putting mm. it on Twitter. Ah, but that, we, that we, applies to so much of social media. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, fa- we found ourselves, we say Clive is a, an old pal, and we felt for yeah. him because he was obviously very upset, but Sam mm. is a mate as well and a colleague, and we were very pleased for him. Precisely. So, you know, it was one of those yeah. moments, really. It so, was, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll skirt over Clive Gay <laughs> okay. and, just, and just talk about the Murdoch dynasty. No, I'm not. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, <we're> not. <laughs> I'm joking. He's Don't worry, boys. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, so I won't get you yeah. into trouble. No worries, boys. Um, yeah, I did watch on your advice that uh, ITV uh, European, European Cup winners programme. You know, I watched the one about Liverpool, you mm. know, when Shankly uh, left and then uh, Bob Paisley um, was successful for Liverpool. So I watched the one this week about Nottingham Forest. Great, really great programme. I really yeah. loved it. I thought it was excellent. And what I liked was the fact that, you know, you look at Clough now and some people think, oh, Clough, he's old school. He's a bit of a dinosaur, Clough. But he he said, and Tony Woodcock was quoted as saying this, that he stressed to them, when you lose the ball, the key, key thing is get the ball back. Mm. Don't just lose the ball, get back into shape. Get the ball back, fight for the ball back all the time, which in a way is is just like Klopp and, mm. uh, and Pep. And a, a lot of the guys that we see as modernists these days um, that's what Clough was advocating all those years ago, you know, and yeah. uh, th- they won those two European Cups, 1979 against Malmo and uh, 1980 against uh, Hamburg. And uh, Larry Lloyd's always, uh, he's always a great turn, uh, Larry Lloyd. Uh, he's, he was talking about uh, Clough and Taylor, so it was sort of like good cop, bad cop. The only problem is you often didn't know who was the good cop, which <laughs> I thought was a great quote from, uh, from him. Um, and the 1980 final in uh, against um, no, it was the 1980 semi, I think, against uh, Ajax mm-hmm. in Amsterdam. The uh, co-commentator was Jack Charlton, and it was so great at this, uh, you know, this point to hear Jack and remember what that he was a really good co-commentator. He had a he had a sort of warmth to his voice, apart from anything else, which was uh, was brilliant. I mean, probably a lot of attackers he didn't show a lot of warmth to, but as a, you know, as a co-commentator, it was brilliant. So it's a great show. Uh, it's on the ITV Hub, and I'd say uh, certainly if you're a Nottingham Forest fan, definitely well worth watching because obviously we know what uh, what an era that was. I wasn't aware until this week uh, until uh, somebody was talking to Declan Lowney, from, of course, who directed Father Ted and directed this TV advert for. Carlsberg that Jack did with only I think it was only appeared in Ireland I don't think I saw it in this country oh, no, it's, it's on YouTube it's worth watching it's really good and Declan Lally was saying that Jack was a good actor he was really good and he did a really good job with it and it was uh, Mick McCarthy and Johnny Giles and they go over to Italy it was when Trapattoni got the job in, and they yeah. said all the Italian managers coming here getting work why can't we get work in Italy and they're all sitting around in smoking jackets <laughs> but it was it's it's worth it's only about a 30 second ad and uh, apparently there was a load of they went to Barcelona to shoot it all that was about Italy and there was a load of young Spanish girls um and playing football yeah. and Jack was coaching he said it's it long 
Go and check. Go and check out the ad because I've never seen it before, Martin. I think you'd mm. enjoy it. Would you? Would you like a musical interlude? A very short musical. Well, interlude? I think we'd like to. Well, yeah. You've got to sing. You've got a ukulele or something. <laughs> Is that available, John? Is it music? Oh, we'll okay, we're still working on it. We'll come back to the musical yeah, interlude. It's oh, slightly good. delayed. Um, yeah, no, I, look you, for, I look forward to that. You carry on next. What else What else have you seen now? Well, I watched uh, Bielsa, El Loco and Leeds, Sky Sports Football. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, Bielsa, as you, you can imagine, is uh, a massive uh, hero in Leeds uh, at the moment, even though they do, you know, officially need one more point to, uh, to go up. Um, but I thought it was an interesting story that Maurizio Pochettino told uh, about how he recruited him for Newell's Old Boys, you know, which is his first job mm. uh, in management. And apparently uh, when he came round to, uh, to try and sign him up, uh, Pochettino was, uh, it was only a young lad in those days, was in bed asleep. Yeah. And uh, apparently uh, Bielsa went upstairs pulled back the covers over the, the bottom bit of um, Pochettino's body and said, he's got football legs. Yeah. He said, he's got football legs. <laughs> and he signed Pochettino. I'm not true this is, but Pochettino, he signed him up on the basis of his legs. Of his footballer's legs. Yeah. What his about that? Tremendous. You, yeah. I mean, you often you were talking about Clough there, and I was about to say to you, you know, could someone with the sort of, the way that, that Brian Clough worked still work now? But there's a touch of, the, there's a little shades of Clough about Bielsa, that kind of oh, definitely. quirkiness and craziness about the way he operates. Yeah, well, I've always said that you have to have a touch of madness to be a football manager. Mm. Very thin dividing line between, you know, a good, uh, thoughtful coach and being a complete nutcase. <laughs> and, uh, of course, that's a line that Cluffy, as we know, straddled very successfully, and Bielsa as well. I mean, that's why it's called El Loco, yes. you, you know, which he probably enjoyed. Um, he lives... Oh, I'll tell you what, Pochettino, I say, yes. it's always a good turn, I like his quotes... He has a very lovely silver coffee pot. They oh. were sitting, I don't know whether this is something at home or they shot it in a, in a restaurant, but he seemed to be sitting on this lovely terrace with a beautiful coffee pot. You know, you can just have the normal cup of coffee. It was a lovely coffee pot. Do you want to make him an offer? I mean, do you want to, do you want to <laughs> I mean, I, I think we can get, we can probably pass a message on. Right, if you, if are, you would. If you I'll tell you what, if friends. Turn, so if, if, you, if you ever want, just say, look, if you ever want to sell it, Maurizio, yeah. Martin Kellner will put you well, in. You can market it, the coffee pot. Coffee pot. The coffee so pot. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant. brilliant. Well, I don't know about that's that. Do you want a musical interlude? I just want to ask, before we do the musical interlude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you did you get through all eight episodes of El Presidente? No, I didn't, to be <laughs> honest. I watched, two, I watched two or three of them. Well, yeah, I'm sure they are, and I, I probably at some time I will, but there's so much to watch. You know, I, I do feel, you know, you always say to me every week, hey, this week, could you watch all the football? <laughs> so you're sitting there watching, there's no time to... No, to uh, all right, here's that. a bit of music from a 30 for 30 documentary I was watching this week. I want you two both to tell me who is singing this song. Well, I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. Mm. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So That's far, the clue. Man. <laughs> it's quite smooth good. radio. Uh, hit it hard, man. Is that was it? Mark McGuire? No, Is it's, it? no? it's uh, John Daly. Oh, oh, what a voice. Oh, golfer. Okay. Yeah, no I've seen that. Not a bad voice, really, I yeah. thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, sa he, sounded, he sounded pretty good there, didn't he? Yeah. That's the 30 for 30 documentary, which I think I've talked about mm. before, uh, yeah. but I'd forgotten the, the tune and everything. Um, yeah, uh, just a little bit about Bielsa and where he lives now. Obviously, he's a, in Chile, he's a legend. Um, he's still loved in Bilbao.
He now lives in Weatherby. Uh, did you know that? No, he no. lives. Yeah, he lives in a one-bedroom flat in Weatherby. Oh. Um, this was um, Phil Hay of the Athletic was uh, was talking about him. He lives in a one-bedroom flat near Weatherby. He's a man of the people. Phil said mm. uh, he's a man who shops at Morrison's. Oh yeah. Now. I know Weatherby. There's a waitrose in Weatherby, um, but he he like he likes to shop at Morrison's. Good, it's good. He's it, it, use him an advert, wouldn't they? You would think that's you would think so. That's yeah. it's in the show. It's in the show. It's on Sky Sports Football, um, and uh, he'll watch eight. He, his 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 idea of uh, a really good evening is to watch eight football videos one after the other. Really, and, I, and well, that's essentially videos? your job, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Should yes. you choose to accept it? I haven't, I haven't got a video player. If you leave, he's <laughs> taking who's... over this slot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marcelo Bielsa joins us now with his week. Well, I haven't watched much this week. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he watches uh, videos one after the other. Um, whether he's bought uh, you know, an old video player from Morrison's or not, yeah. I don't know, but that, <laughs> that's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but what a hero. Uh, and there's a, a shop in the middle of Wakefield where I live that sell sort of oil paintings and prints, you know, of oil paintings that yeah. sort of thing and they've got a huge painting of um bielsa there which i suspect was done by one of the interviewers on the show andy mcveigh you may have had him on oh. um he paints uh, portraits of bielsa all over leeds wow. Um, wow yeah he loves him the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast we found out earlier on for, uh, you were telling us the guy walking around bristol with a, a small shed <laughs> on his head that's his ppe yeah. with a small flame uh, yeah. appearing and he's asked people in Bristol to stop bothering him um, when they see him in the street well I suppose the answer is don't wear a shed with a flame coming out of it on top <laughs> it's, yeah. true, it's brilliantly really. done though it, it is a kind of yeah. it looks like a scale model of a proper log cabin on a man's face um, but, I mean with a flame coming out that must be you know a bit dangerous but anyway <laughs> it did strike me that people that wear um, weird headgear can sometimes be reluctant uh, to talk to you because you see a man for example when we were in uh, Russia um, mm. we saw this guy wandering around and you took a picture of him <laughs> and he had he had a, ch- a, a cheese hat I don't a mean top I don't hat. mean a Packers style one it was no, a top hat made of cheese made of well made of plastic but made to look like cheese <laughs> and he was wandering around the streets he wasn't sort of giving out leaflets he wasn't in the cheese business he was just a bit of a self styled character but beyond that he had a light blue t-shirt and a pair of jeans could he have been a Holland trainers. fan well, Holland in the, they weren't no, even in no, the World no, Cup no they weren't in the World Cup he no. wasn't he, he was Russian don't you remember because oh, yeah. you went up to him oh yeah said Excuse me, mate. Can I get well something like that? Can I get a picture of you with your cheese hat? And he said, No, no, no. I like almost like oh, no right. publicity. Yeah. And so he ran off. Yeah, he was right. So you've got unhappy. a picture of him running into the distance. <laughs> so if you're going to wear, there must be something about people in strange headgear. Yeah, they, I mean, they you, just you don't want, want the no attention. So what's the point? Well, if, if you're wearing a hat of cheese or indeed a shed on your head, <laughs> you're going to turn. You're going to turn heads, aren't you? Clearly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Now you may wish to uh, just step away from some of the live sport over the weekend and mm. uh, maybe record one or two other programmes. Um, although one or two of these actually are sport related, so so much for that. But not. Not live sport. Uh, joining us now to discuss that, the star's very own Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Yeah, I ignored the brief, didn't I? It does. It, it's fine. It's fine. It's not strictly, it's not proper sport. And um, before, let's talk about proper sport. Yes. First. So your team, Brighton, technically need one point one for point safety. Away. But come on, you know, you're going to be fine, I think. And you're going to need a massive swing of goal difference. You're going to need, um, you know, Bournemouth. And, it's easily done, though. Well, I mean, when we lost 5 0 and, and, yeah. and uh, West Ham beat Norwich 4 0 1 or whatever it was. You've got so. 11 points on Villa. So uh, basically, okay. Villa would have. 
have to win both. Yeah, I, mean, I was still different. swearing at the telly all last night. <laughs> you know, seriously. Um, but the word useless came out of my mouth quite a few times. But that Arsenal that result really did set you up, didn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, you didn't really look result. back after that. Yeah, well, it, it, you know, coming out of lockdown, it just sort of provided that momentum. You mm. either get underway, you get that great start, and you keep going from there, or everything goes a bit pear shaped. And uh, fortunately, it, it seems touch wood. Uh, hmm. MFI in my office uh, to uh, to have worked out so far. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you push on next season? Now you've got a good uh, manager there. It's just whether there's you know it's pretty tough for everybody at the moment, sort of post virus yeah. money wise. I mean he's got us play. You know I think I think we we have passed our points tally of last season. Uh, I mean everybody felt very sad about Chris Hooten going, but um, Graham Potter ha- has done a great job. He's got us playing mm. a more attractive, more ambitious style of football, mm. and you just feel obviously it's about resources as much as anything else, and that's not going to miraculously change overnight. But you know confidence and 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 all those other sort of intangible things can get greater and greater if you get through seasons like this and yeah. and come mm. out on, on a positive ending. So yeah, let's hope that. Good. I haven't seen this. I've read a lot about it. Jack Whitehall's Sporting yeah. Nation. Is it fun? It is, yeah. I mean, I think it's been cobbled mm. together quite quickly. It's a clip show with Jack sort of just introducing lots of stuff and each week takes a different theme. Tonight's is a second episode, so it's all about our, our habit, our very traditional British habit of building people up, knocking them down. But half the programme, the first half of the programme is devoted entirely to David Beckham. So the whole thing that he <laughs> went through, uh, you know, and the, the, the low point of, uh, of 98 and the sending off and the and the effigies and all that you know hideous stuff and then uh, the, the goal against Greece when it was pretty much David Beckham against Greece at Old Trafford mm, wasn't yeah. it to get us to qualify um, for the uh, what was it 2000 2002 2002 yeah. that's right Japan um, yeah and it's, it's brilliantly done it's brilliantly done there's a bit of Ben Stokes in there as well and Andy Murray and various people and, and Zola Budd with sort of long forgotten story of Zola Budd as well yeah, yeah, we met her, didn't we? And, and, and Mary Decker Slane. Yeah, we oh met yeah, her. Of course we did. About three or four years ago, they came and had a documentary, and, uh, and oh, that was yeah. fascinating talking yeah, to both was, of them, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. They got on quite well. It was a touch frosty. <laughs> not completely over it but it was uh, yeah very interesting well Jack's very good at doing all this stuff because obviously you've got to make it funny but you know at the same time we care passionately about sports so you've got to get that balance right but you, you, you can't just sort of you know mock everything and everyone but you can do it with a sort of nice tongue in cheek mm. style he does it well so away from the sport as we say we've got the opening ceremony of London 2012 people can <laughs> that's uh, they're, they're repeating that aren't yeah, they yeah it's time? been on before yeah it's wonderful but I'm not sure I'd ever want to watch it again really. I think the surprise element's mm. gone now because obviously <laughs> the one thing about opening ceremonies that you know that we've all grown up with they're sort of notoriously awful and embarrassing mm. and cliche ridden and obviously that was anything but um you know it is it is i probably could do with just about 10 minutes of the highlights if i'm honest but uh you could always watch you know record yeah. it and fast forward a kid's forming a map, isn't it? That's a staple. I reckon that's in the uh, IOC edict. You have <laughs> yes. to have in an opening ceremony or a World Cup, you have to have kids forming a map of the country that the tournament's being played And normally in. some doves. Yeah, it's you've, got to, doves. Have, you've got to have doves. Symbolic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, gov. Uh, now, the, away, again, away from the sport, uh, FA Cup Top of the Pops <laughs> 2 on BBC4 tonight from 8 o'clock. So tying, yeah. Yeah, sort of tying in with um, semi-final weekend. So it's a chance to recall some great, great... Uh, um, uh, great tracks. Your favourites, obviously, Oz's Dream and uh, mm. Blue is the Colour, respectively. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
What's his dream? Was that the because um, they did they did they did they do more than one with Chaz and Dave? Oh, they did. They did yeah. several. Yeah, several. they that, did. That concept yeah. album, I think, was the highlight. Wasn't <laughs> they it? did Tales from Topographic <laughs> Oceans. Yeah, they did. They did three, I, I believe. Yeah, oh they, no, they, really? Spurs are on their way to Wembley. Yeah, uh, hot and uh, hot shot Tottenham. We are the Super Spurs. I don't and that's the that. one we lost in '87. Oh, okay, seven times we won the cup. Number eight is coming up, but it wasn't, of course, because Cov beat us. <laughs> and I and, could, and I could rewrite one. that second line of that if you wanted me to. <laughs> <laughs> this was the best, uh, though, definitely, in the Cup for Tottingham and all that. Tottingham, but Diamond yeah. Lights, Anfield Rap, uh, John Barnes, of course, and uh, Fog on the Time with Gazza. Mm. I'm, uh, the Cockney Rejects, I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. <laughs> yes, yeah, tremendous. And many more. So and, that's, and, and many more. That's to 8 o'clock tonight, if you fancy a bit of that, out of the FA Cup. Um, now, this is a hell of a booking for Channel 5. The yeah. Queen. They've yeah. got, they've got mm. the Queen, uh, yeah. in her own words. She's popped in. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, it's live. Uh, Queen, in her own words, it's it's a one-off <laughs> documentary celebrating some of her most inspiring speeches ever. I mean, you know, that she she chooses her moments and she has the, says the right words at the right time, as we discovered only recently. Um, and this is a celebration of you know some of those most memorable ones. You know, obviously the uh, the recent uh, D Day anniversary uh, and others. You know, after after the death of Diana, for example, an obvious one. Um, so yeah, you know, we've all seen all of that. There's been so much, especially Channel Five. They do love the royal family. Channel Five yeah, love the royal family. Well, I yes. mean, that is hell of a signing. Maybe we should do a couple of Jeremy Vines as part oh, of this she, deal. Yes, I think it's part. She'd of... be great with Mike Parry. <laughs> I'm sorry, gonna... Liz. I, I must say, I do disagree with you. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? I'd, I, yeah. I'd she's signed it. up for the next series of Celebrity Five Go Caravanning <laughs> as well. <laughs> well we'd all watch it though, Mike, wouldn't we? we? Would, actually, I, yeah. I'd watch that. My wife uh, encouraged me to watch The Voice Kids last week. I've never actually watched it. And I actually thought it was quite entertaining. I've seen the senior voice, which I'm not a fan of, but I thought no. this was actually, you know, what quite, about quite the vo- fun. What about the voice oldies? Wouldn't it be great to have... I uh, didn't make that point That would be good if they did one like the sort of over-70s voice. Bernie Clifton turned up on one a few years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, he did. He was, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. I mean, he probably would have qualified for that. He didn't um, have the ostrich, though, did he? He didn't. I mean, that was yeah, you know, well, that's a big mistake. Yeah. Big tactical error. But, yeah, the kids' one is actually quite upbeat <laughs> and quite... Positive. I mean, they are talented, and it's it's a question if you... If you if you're not entirely sick up, sick to the back teeth with um, with talent shows, then yeah. uh, it's it's a good one because it's actually quite positive, and you know all the judges are. You know, not competing with each other quite so egotistically as they do on on the on the grown up shows. Downton Abbey, they repeat it. ITV, <coughs> ITV, God, they're going for it. ITV Sunday yeah. night, aren't yeah. they? Absolutely, yeah. Two. I don't know why they're starting from series six. I think somebody must have added up how many old episodes they've got sitting around and thought, well, if you start at series one, we're going to be replaying it till till you know the end of time. Yeah. So let's dip in at season six, and uh, so we've got two episodes. I think the opener must have been a ninety-minute special because it's two and a half hours worth of yeah. that Downton Abbey repeats, following following the repeat of the Durrells at seven o'clock. <laughs> So I remember my, run out of me and the missus had an epiphany so, yeah. with Downton because we we watched two series of it and yeah. I've got no idea why maybe just we bought into the hype and I think it was about episode three of the third series and mm. I just looked and I said why are we watching this <laughs> and she said I don't know and we never watched another minute oh, of really? it again I think it went to an ad break oh, end of part two loved it. well now's your, it. now's your chance I, 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 I do not I do like it but I think it's because it's actually it's just a soap isn't it it's yeah. really, effectively just a soap and I, you know it doesn't it doesn't involve a lot of concentration and Trump in tweets very quick yeah. minute out of time but that's on BBC 2 10 o'clock Sunday night first shown on BBC 3 but shown and it is intriguing because you get to the whole story of Trump's Twitter account and you meet the guy who first set it up and feels a bit guilty about it now and and the mat the sheer madness it's brilliantly told and, and uh, rattles along quite entertainingly
Nice one, Mike. We'll catch up with you next Thank week. You, All the best. Cheers, Thank guys, you very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon show. Don't forget the Clips of the Week podcast is also available to uh, download at your leisure from the same place you got this one. We'll see you on Monday from 1, and thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.